You're listening to Once, episode 161, Rocky Road. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you joining us. I hope you've grabbed some ice cream to enjoy while we discuss this episode, Rocky Road. This was, I think, a great episode building into something cool. We talked about that in the initial reactions a bit. Aaron, since you didn't join us for that, what do you think of this episode and its place so far in the season? Well, my first reaction to this episode is the knave of hearts, just because I was really excited. I feel like this was a really good episode. It's really like I can feel that there are going to be lots of theories rolling in about everything that it's kind of been setting up. And there's like enough mystery, but maybe there are some theories for that, but maybe they could go the opposite direction. I feel I, I really enjoyed this episode, actually. I do like it. So let's get into it. <laughs> if you want to hear our initial reactions and kind of our likes and dislikes initially, then go listen to our initial reactions, which we record every Sunday night. And just for clarification, sometimes, sometimes we'll say something in the initial reactions episode that we won't end up saying here in the full discussion. So even if you can't make it to the live event, certainly subscribe to the podcast so you can get all of that once upon a time goodness. And it starts out with, I think maybe this is the big topic of the episode and that we'll be exploring for a while with this season, but the Snow Queen. Yeah. Let's talk about her. It, okay. Or the Dairy Queen, as she may also be referred to as. Right. Well, and speaking of Dairy Queen, when Robin Hood and his family were there visiting Snow Queen, or getting ice cream, rather, at the local, basically a Dairy Queen... <laughs> She said something interesting that when I rewatched this, I wondered if it's a hint at what she's after. It's the orange orange. She said that... Happy family. Yeah, it warms her heart to see a happy family in her ice cream shop. Aww. But then she destroyed that happy family, so I don't know how genuine she was being. <laughs> Here's my crackpot theory on the Snow Queen. She wanted a happy family, but... She decided that she had to have grown daughters who kind of already looked like her. So she tried to get Emma <laughs> and Elsa, whose names already are kind of similar. And she tried to give them both ice powers. And on one, it worked. And on one, she almost killed her. And then she was like, oh, no, what have I done? And then she took him to the rock trolls and made him forget. I'm going to assume that's not a serious theory. <laughs> no. So I suppose crackpot is probably even too strong of a word. Yeah, it's a cracked cone. Mm, I agree. Nice. But I do wonder, is there something that she's going after family in some way? Like she wants family or she's angry because of an experience with family, which is something kind of hinted at later on in the past when we see the flashback <laughs> with Snow Queen and Elsa, when Snow Queen says to Elsa that she's her aunt, basically. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if I believe. I think I do believe it. I did the first time, and then this time around, it was kind of that whole, oh, my mom never mentioned you. And then she was like, oh, she was probably trying to spare you the pain. It sounded a little fishy to me. It could have all been genuine, but it also could have been, oh, well... I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation why my my very beloved sister never never mentioned me. Now tell me, where is the deer? Uh, oh, oh, she's dead. I totally didn't know that. And I'm no totally idea. not happy about that. I was definitely in the urn, and it's so <laughs> sad that she's not going to come out and recognize me for not her sister. See, I believe that they're sisters, but I think that maybe she... Like her sister, we don't know her name, right? The mother? No, we don't know either of okay. their actual oh, names. Oh, their actual names. Well, Dairy Queen works for me. <laughs> Dairy Queen's sister. We don't know that Elsa's mom, or sorry, I think Elsa's mom maybe put her in the urn. Yes. Which is why she's now baiting Elsa, either truthfully or not truthfully, that Anna is the one who put her in the urn. 
So it could be like the past repeating itself and that they were sisters and that she's somehow, you know, like seeking revenge on her dead sister by making that happen again and making her daughter suffer. Right. And that would make sense to a theory that we shared previously. And I can't remember, I think it might have been Jessica who shared this theory that maybe the reason that Elsa's father in the movie Frozen said, I know exactly what to do is because he had somehow had some kind of exposure to similar magic. But it actually turns out it's his wife that had the exposure to magic, possibly. And I'm exposure. Is that a cold joke? (laughs) I'm I think I agree with you, Aaron, that probably Elsa's mother put Snow Queen in that urn and they probably had some kind of major falling out because the way that Snow Queen is talking with Elsa and discussing, she mentions a painful past. And I think that in some way, maybe she wants some kind of revenge or she knows it's going to be a very interesting conversation to see Elsa's mother again. Like maybe they departed on bad terms. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I also think that the Snow Queen, I and I know theories have been rolling in about this as well, but knows, well, we know that she knows Emma somehow because that was confirmed at the end of the episode. But I had a theory on that as well that involved pre-Dark Curse 1.0 and Rumpelstiltskin, just that the Snow Queen... Once she was out of the urn and Elsa was in the urn, needed a safe haven of some kind and made a deal with Rumpel to be put in our world, like to escape, escape that world. If uh, like if they were hunting her down as well or whatever was happening, Um, because she seems to obviously have a history with Rumpel and it seems pretty obvious that she knows Emma and that Emma potentially recognizes her. So originally my theory was that she had kidnapped Emma somehow when Emma was a child and that somehow Rumpelstiltskin made her give her back. But then I realized that Rumpelstiltskin was cursed, so that wouldn't work. So I don't have a a clear theory, but I do think that somehow she was involved in Emma's childhood, perhaps as one of her many foster parents or even the family that she stayed with. Um, Like in the pilot, Emma said she had a family until she was three uh, and then they, they gave her back. So I was thinking that could have even been orchestrated by Rumpel ahead of time because he would need Emma to have an unhappy childhood for her to basically be able to follow through on the curse, um, breaking the curse. I think that's what I like about this particular mystery is that it's not just, oh, they've hinted at stuff. Where could this possibly be going? It's sort of like, wait, I feel like I know things that make this impossible. So where are they going? Because Emma, we feel like we kind of know her deal and her life. So how there's some kind of deep connection. So what are we missing? What is everybody missing? Well, Jessica sent in a theory that basically to sum this up is that Jessica suggests that Snow Queen was Emma's foster mother for a while. Because when you look at the reaction that Dairy Queen has when (laughs) Emma calls her that, I see two different emotions, potentially one of two emotions, maybe both. One is... A kind of like, you're back, like excitement Mm -hmm. and disbelief. And I've missed you and I can't believe Mm -hmm. you're still alive or I I, I can't believe I'm seeing you. That's one. Right. The other is kind of a, a sense of pain, like someone who is suffering from a breakup might feel when they're confronted with a conversation with their painful breakup. Yeah. Something yeah. like it's either pain, whatever it is, there's, there's some level of pain there, I think, mm-hmm. that I see. Yeah. Well, and there's Emma's comment, too, which I think is sort of the flip side of this whole deal, which she, if I understood her correctly, she felt that DQ saying her name sounded familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of what I was basing my theory off if... I know we don't hold the pilot to what it said, but in the pilot, Emma did say she had a family till she was three. So if she was with a family until she was three, she would kind of remember them, but she wouldn't like, you don't fully remember anything when you're three. So there would be like a familiarity, but there wouldn't be 
this like, oh, hey, mom, like, I remember you. Let's let's hug it out. So that could be potentially why, too, because she would say her name Mm -hmm. like as her caregiver at the time. Maybe Emma has that name thing ingrained in her brain, too, that Rumpelstiltskin had from the pilot. Well, here's something more from what Jessica said. Emma thinks Elsa and Anna were just pawns in a bigger scheme. If that is true, and the Snow Queen came from the curse like Emma thinks, then it could be possible that Emma is related to Elsa and Anna somehow. Or that the Snow Queen is looking for something that she sees in both Emma and Elsa, probably to do with their powers. In the deleted scene from this episode, which by the way, if you haven't watched that deleted scene, we'll have a link in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 161. To sum it up, it's kind of a mixture. It's a different take on when Emma and Hook went to see um, Mr. Gold in his shop. Some of the same information is brought out, like the thing of magic can't be destroyed. It can be transformed back into its original form. Which we've not heard before. Right. But <laughs> we've heard the opposite. The, the, okay. the deleted scene is where they go to the portal spot, the time portal spot, and Elsa shows them where the urn was. <sighs> Mr. Gold picks up dust from the urn and he says, this is very powerful stuff. It, it can neutralize magic. The urn can neutralize magic. That's how you're able to stay in there. And this dust, when you destroyed this thing without thinking of it, this dust could have neutralized your magic. And then he mm-hmm. takes it and bottles it. Oh. And that's basically the deleted scene. It's rather which, important. That is really important. They answered the question. Also in that scene is when they talk about the magic that it can be transferred or transformed back into its original form. So there's some blend with that. So I mm-hmm. think that they chose a different take of the story. It still makes me wonder, does that dirt come into effect later on? Well, to me, it kind of did, because one of the questions in my notes is, how did the Snow Queen neutralize Elsa's powers in the woods? Yeah, exactly. If Rumpelstiltskin then gave that to her, which maybe he didn't, maybe she already had some, but that that would have made a lot more sense. Well, here's what Jessica said. Maybe the Snow Queen is the one who made the urn in the first place. So she has the power to make magic that neutralizes other magic. Is she after powerful magic or does she want to take it away from others? She seems to know Emma from somewhere and my guess is she was a foster mom at some point. Emma said she thinks the Snow Queen didn't come to Storybrooke because of the curse. So I think she probably came over after the first curse looking for Emma for some reason, such as looking for powerful magic. If she is lying about Elsa's about being Elsa's aunt, and my theory is right about her being Emma's foster mom, then it also seems like there is something up with her wanting to be part of both of their families somehow. If she is telling the truth about being their aunt, then I am also leaning toward the theory that Snow White is their cousin or related to them somehow. Hmm. Everything's connected? Yeah. yeah. Potentially. And spoiler alert... Elsa and Emma actually look way more alike than Emma looks like either one of her parents. <laughs> yeah. Or anybody else in that family. Actually, Catherine and Emma look more alike than Emma looks like any of her parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you have those genetic flukes. I'm a different blood type than both of my parents, and I'm not adopted. Yeah, and I mean, I mean more like just like hair and stuff. Like it's, it's they, they've even talked about how jennifer goodwin and jennifer morrison get confused for each other when they both have the same hair color like they do look similar but i just mean for the purposes of this show they i don't think they've done it on purpose but emma and elsa look a lot alike in their coloring and even in just their like attitude and demeanor they act a lot alike as well yeah i mean emma Overall, Emma was cast before Frozen was a thing, and then <laughs> and then Elsa was cast to look like the movie. So it is kind of coincidental, but they might be playing off of it, too. Well, here's another interesting take that Katie sent in, tying in with the original literature. Katie said, after reading the fairy tale The Snow Queen and seeing the fact that Elizabeth Mitchell's Snow Queen recognized Emma, I started to wonder whether the little girl in the fairy tale might be represented in the show by Emma. 
In one section of the very long and very weird fairy tale, the little girl stays with a sorceress. It is a really weird story. It is, yeah. I read it last week. The little girl stays with a sorceress who wants to have a child and enchants her so she can't remember her past life or where she is going. I'd forgotten about this part. The child stays with her for a long time before breaking out of the enchantment. Maybe once upon a time is combining the random sorceress with the Snow Queen. The expression on Snow Queen's face and her tone of voice made me think that she cared about Emma, which is very strange. I would agree with that. I, mm. I also sense care in some way. Mm-hmm. Do you think she knew Emma as a child or even tried to adopt her? I have no clue why she would want to do that. Maybe she needed a true love baby for something and ended up being becoming in, attached. Gosh. <laughs> Everybody's after true love babies. I was going to say, when we get to a point where we're shortening that and giving it a term. <laughs> mm. Everybody wants a TLB. It's like there are recipe cards and it's like, it's like, you know, get some courage, get a true love baby, you know, some nutmeg and you got what you're looking for. Going back to what both of you were kind of saying, Katie also said, or maybe Rumpelstiltskin even recruited the Snow Queen to raise Emma in the land without magic. I've wondered how he could be sure the savior would be around to break the dark curse when he had no control over what would happen to her outside of Storybrooke and the curse. But how would she have gotten there? Well, he could have poofed her there. Oh, no, he couldn't have. If he could poof her there, he'd be like, go look for my son. Maybe she had that power somehow. Well, he knew in the pilot, he said on her 28th birthday. Yeah. So he yeah. knew it would be 28 years. Well, I know that. See, that's a like, her theory is kind of the same as mine, only her thing was that Rumpel wanted to make sure Emma was raised kind of lovingly. And mine was like, he wanted to destroy her life so that she would be miserable enough to like find Neil, <laughs> get in that situation, be in jail, <laughs> have Whoa. a baby in jail, give the baby up. And then come back to Storybrooke. <laughs> I have a point that I feel like might make this theory not true. And that is what Rumpel said to DQ at the end, which was that Emma could remember her. And if she did, that would be bad for her. Well, and what does bad for her mean? Does it mean Emma will right. remember bad things or does it mean Emma will remember the truth and it's a truth that emma should not know yeah yeah i guess it could be a little open to interpretation emma's powers seem and this kind of segues into the like kind of an emma hook discussion but it seems this entire season whenever emma has tried to use her magic she has failed miserably until hook was in danger and then suddenly, whoops, her powers actually work amazing. So <laughs> Rumpel could even be talking about it from that perspective, because if Emma, like even in the pilot, I just remember that scene because it was such a powerful scene between Emma and Henry in the pilot where she said, your life doesn't suck. Your parents didn't drop you on the side of a freeway. That kind of emotion behind Emma's powers being used negatively against the Snow Queen would definitely be bad news for her. So he could even mean... Hmm mean it from a powers perspective maybe there is something that about snow queen that somehow triggers emma's magic like she's a catalyst of some sort because yeah emma was wielding that magic and maybe we'll see in the next episode emma or someone will say something like wow you really wielded that magic well (laughs) out there oh (laughs) maybe it was the fact that these two men who are still alive in her life (laughs) alive so far uh, are in trouble and so that true love feeling act of true love is what powered her magic because her magic is powered by love not hate man hooks as old as her father (laughs) her father's the same age as her exactly (laughs) hook is much older than her father (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) truth oh this show I do also wonder about what it is that these people are supposed to have forgotten because Elsa has forgotten something. Emma has apparently forgotten something as well. And is it the rock trolls or is it something else? And when 
I'm thinking in both cases, it's something that Snow Queen did that she wanted those to forget. That maybe they, I just, I'm thinking back to the end, the second half of season three, mm-hmm. where Zelina made everyone forget just that last year mm-hmm. to cover up what Zelina was planning. So maybe the same thing happened here where Snow Queen used Elsa in some way to further her magic, help bring together this plan, whatever, and used Emma too. And Snow Queen wants to hide all of that. And so that's why she's, or either she or someone, maybe there's a rock troll in our world, (laughs) has made Emma and Elsa forget. There's actually been a 200-year gap between last season and this season (laughs) that nobody in Storybrooke knows about. And so next season is going to be the first time they go out to Boston and it's like the future season. (laughs) I think that would work if, if the rock trolls work the same way they worked in the movie frozen, they seem to have a very specific ability to very specifically remove tiny little parts of memories and then replace them with false memories. It's kind of like working on a car engine, you pull it out, fix it up, put it back in. But you leave the fun. You leave the fun. I uh, I just, I can't, none of these things work. And I think it's why I keep coming up with stupid, stupid theories that make no sense. Because I can't figure out how Emma could have ever met a rock troll. Well, there is one in story, maybe one in storybook. There is yeah, a... He's inanimate. Yeah, well, maybe... Or he looks he, like it. He might have ticked off Regina. Oh, Okay. <laughs> But I don't think little statues are able to remove memories. I don't think. But he's only a statue at the moment, just like the rocks are rocks until they're not. Don't blink. <laughs> Doctor Who. Oh, well, thanks for spoiling the insider joke. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. That's what's great is that I don't know. It's not a Neil is Bayfire, Balefire moment. <laughs> yeah. We might have a cool moment like that. And I'm hoping that they do surprise us with some really neat plot points and twists. And I think that's where this episode is kind of hinting that we're going. Good. But at the same time, we have the same regular storyline struggles, like Rumpel turning over a new leaf. Is he really? Or not. (laughs) I think he might have literally gone into the forest and turned over a few leaves, but I feel like that's probably the extent of it. Yeah. Because the only reason he helped them is because Hook blackmailed him. And then he's in the forest in the middle of the night plotting with the person who is the biggest threat that they know of to Storybrooke at the moment. It's only me. So they clearly know each other. Guess what, Mr. Gold? You're turning over a new leaf. It's the same leaf. Just a different side. It's covered in snow. (laughs) Man. And speaking of the blackmail... I thought that was weird that he didn't try to even deny it. I mean, maybe he knew there was no point, but he did actually give the dagger to Belle for like four hours. She didn't even know. It's small steps, you know? Baby steps. Right. I love how serious she was when she was using the dagger. Like, I summon you to tell them the (laughs) truth. (laughs) She could just be like, tell them the truth. Inside, she was like, am I doing this right? (laughs) Oh, Rumpelstiltskin. But speaking of doing it right, Snow is trying to do it too right by having baby Neil always by her side. You just need to let that baby go. Let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. (laughs) I don't remember scheduling a session. (laughs) That's her Mary Margaret way of saying, need I remind you, you got your PhD from a curse. (laughs) Right. She was so offended at someone trying to help. It was Kind of sad. Well, look at where she is. All of the people that are supposed to be her like loyal subjects that helped her take back a kingdom are like screaming at her, not listening to her authority and storming off. Leroy needs to chill out. Seriously. Yeah, all those people annoyed me. Not literally. Well, maybe literally. <laughs> Just go get back in the van, Leroy. It'll be fine. It'll contain your screams. It'll cool you off. Just stay there. Like they are being really hard on her. They Just- are considering she's snow white and all and she's overworking herself really by trying to do everything one hand single-handedly literally (laughs) (laughs) 
with a baby. And if my husband could do an awesome sword fight with a baby in one hand, then I can lead this town with the other baby in a, one hand. It makes me wonder if they're like purposely kind of keeping her isolated because they seem to have this whole Emma thing going on, right? Where it's like charming versus hook for Emma's attention in totally different ways. But like charming wants to protect her as his daughter hook loves her and wants to protect her. But then snow who has no magic and is three weeks or two weeks post baby with a baby in her hand is kind of all by herself. So I'm wondering if that's going to be, that's going to come into play at all that she gets threatened somehow. And perhaps that would be a good time for them to show us that Neil has magic as well. Like she's going to have one of those Mary Margaret meltdowns where the vein pops out in her head and she, <laughs> she says, I've been running this town all by myself while you've been up. And then, and then they find each other again and they make up. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like I want to see more, uh, more snow and charming saving the day stuff again together. But it is nice to see Charming and Emma because that's been a huge contention with a lot of fans is that she never has any like actual genuine conversations with her parents. That's true. So that's been nice to see too. And having David not be left to be comparatively two-dimensional. Yeah. Right. He's her father. Yeah. She can talk to him. They're starting to act more like a family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not just in the times of catastrophe. <laughs> But speaking of family, I want to thank some people who are like family to us no. and to this podcast because you encourage this podcast and you keep it going just like family. David Newland, Lisa Slack, Steve Johnson, and Bridget J. Thank you very much for your donations to Once Podcast. Every donation matters and it helps support the podcast in amazing ways that we couldn't do this podcast without you. So thank you very much for your support. You hear these names a lot because... They've signed up to donate automatically a certain amount every single month. And you can do that, or you can do just a single one-time donation like Bridget J. did, or you can donate on a per-episode basis through Patreon. We've got eight Patreon backers. We're up to $20 per episode right now. We're getting close to that point where I can afford a better chat room, and I've been experimenting with free or cheap chat rooms recently instead of the one I actually want to get, but it's expensive. So thank you very much for your kind contributions. If you'd like to donate one-time automatic monthly or per episode donation, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you, David, Lisa, Steve, and Bridget. We really appreciate it. What do you think about Operation Mongoose? I think it sounds really, uh, how should I put this? It sounds sort of hostile toward Operation Cobra. Yeah. I all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, can remember it, it was really Viper Cobra. <laughs> Co yeah. Yeah. Mongoose, according to dictionary.com, a slender ferret-like carnivore of India that feeds on rodents, birds, and eggs, noted especially for its ability to kill cobras and other venomous snakes. <laughs> kind of like, hmm, I'm still one-upping you, Emma. Isn't it immune to their venom? Didn't someone send in feedback about that, I think? Uh, that's honey badger. Because honey badger <laughs> don't care. It just takes what it wants. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> By the way, the two comic books, and that was such a neat picture to see Regina and Henry both reading comic books, even if just for a moment. But the two comic books were Henry was reading Thor and Regina was reading S.H.I.E.L.D., and by the way, if you watch the TV show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we have a podcast about it. I don't host it. It's hosted by a different Daniel and Ben. They do a great job of it. They are Marvel geeks, and they love the show, <laughs> and they explore the whole Marvel comic universe. So much great information over there that you have to check it out if you watch the TV show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Check it out at welcometolevel7.com. They're part of Noodle Mix Network, so I want to give them a nice shout out when I can. But also, Disney owns Marvel, so that's why Thor and S.H.I.E.L.D. make their appearance there, in addition to probably the fact that ABC is doing the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. But I thought I saw Spider-Man on the back of one of those comics, which totally doesn't fit, because Spider-Man is DC, <laughs> a different oh, comics have empire. no idea. And that's about as far as my comics knowledge goes, except the fact that most comics are in color. You far surpassed mine, so good job. 
what I did notice about that scene is that Regina is not very good at segueing. Not as good as you, Daniel. And and if she's really that bad, Henry should be picking up on it. Like, he did a little bit. Like, he was like, what are you up to? But then she was like, so that I can make them. I mean, ask them. (laughs) How obvious is that? I guess he was just maybe assuming that she's still struggling herself with the proper etiquette. I felt like she was correcting herself legitimately, not just changing for his benefit oh i i felt that she was changing for his benefit but maybe she was being genuine well i think that everything in this episode except for that little slip but even the way she corrected it i think she's showing some great maturity and some great victory over her past self because she's doing this whole thing to save marion she could have said no i'm sorry i don't know how to save marion there's nothing i can do this is more powerful than me And she's going about all of this knowing even that Robin loves Regina and or at least has very strong affections that he's calling true love. And she is sacrificing this. And she said she won't stop until she finds a cure. That is great maturity on her part. And I think really showing how far she's come since the beginning where basically her attitude in the beginning of the series was, I won't stop until I find a way to have revenge on Snow White. That's true. Mm -hmm. I hope that she is being genuine with Henry because I I don't even really like Henry that much, but... Oh my goodness, that's so mean. The kid does not deserve his mom, one of his moms, to... (laughs) Treat like he does not deserve what he already went through for the whole for his whole first 10 years of life. So and and he seems genuinely excited that they're going to have their secret operation thing now and that he's going to help her get the ending that she deserves. So I hope that that's actually all she wants to do with whoever wrote the book. (laughs) If I were him, I feel like I'd have been like, so doesn't require any hearts, right? (laughs) <laughs> no babies. Okay. Good idea. Let's try it. I was surprised she took um Marion's heart out right in front of Henry. I'm wondering if that's the first time he's seen her take a heart out. I don't recall. At least it was for good. It was. Because that would be pretty scary. By the way, I want to make a little correction on myself. The chat room has graciously corrected me here. Marvel does own Spider-Man. He is a is a Marvel Universe comic. But Sony owns the movie rights. So that's why I was thinking, well, Disney owns Marvel. But yeah, there's this whole weird thing where Marvel has given up rights to different companies. Yeah. So if you stopped the podcast immediately to write and correct us and you're just now hearing this part, (laughs) um, go ahead and write again and say you're sorry. Yeah. And while we're at it, it's Yen Sid, not Merlin. (laughs) And uh, Balefire did go to Neverland. And Tamara is, or Tamara is her. <laughs> is her. And there was the swan necklace mess up I had a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, someone somewhere is probably keeping a running list of all of our bad predictions. And We're sorry for all our mistakes. <laughs> One of the things with Marion that stands out is how they have this distinction between an act of true love versus... True love's kiss. Yeah. Like when we look at movies, the Disney fairy tale movies that have come out recently, looking at Maleficent, which is a great movie. It comes out on DVD and Blu-ray on November 4th, I believe it is. Early in November, it comes out. Great movie. You got to see it. But in there, it was True Love's Kiss, but it was different than we expected. And in the movie Frozen, it was an act of true love which is also not romantic. But in this case, it wasn't even a kiss. It was an act of true love. Mm -hmm. And quoting scripture here, the Bible does say, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down their life for their friends. So I wonder what kind of act of true love will save Marion? Because I don't think the writers are going to just let her die like this. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's a little late for her to do that particular act. She can't do anything right now. She's yeah. kind of yeah. laid out on the couch all 
Anna in the study style. <laughs> Only more frozen. <laughs> more, yeah, more frozen. But that is a, a frozen parallel, that scene. Yeah. Well, it might not be something that Marion has to have had done, which is a weird way of saying that. But it might be something Robin has to do. Or it might even be something Regina has to do. An act of true love. I don't think it's going to be something like Robin and Regina kiss and that breaks the spell with Mary. That'd Marianne. be super that, weird. Yeah, that would be <laughs> <laughs> awkward. It was your kiss that woke me up from my spell. Freeze me again, please. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, no, it's a... Uh, I don't know. Well, and at this... It's interesting. At this point in the current state, it could be something done to protect her heart and not even her physical person. Hmm. If someone is trying to like, like say Snow Queen's trying to steal her heart so that she can put it back in her body so that she'll die. Any kind of, because her heart is currently the only thing keeping her alive, any act of love that sacrifices for that would, to me, be an act of true love that might thaw her. So you think that Snow Queen had a bigger reason in mind for freezing Marion like this? No, I don't know about that. Just if she did. <laughs> she seems pretty evil. It was all about framing, I think. Right. Yeah, it didn't even, honestly, like when Snow Queen did her little magic over the ice cream cone, I was just like, oh, the ice cream's soft. They're just reminding us that she's the Snow Queen. Oh. I did. It didn't even occur to me that, that she cursed Marion in that way. And when Marion first started freezing, like this is this is my this is why I have to watch twice. Um, when Marion first started freezing, I thought that it was some side effect of the snow monster. So I was she totally did a good job framing her for me. I knew what was going on, but I think that I had been minorly spoiled on that part somehow, like a like a teaser blurb or something had said what was going to happen. But it wasn't a very impressive little curse. It looked like there i made it more frozen <laughs> yeah that's what i thought she was just making the sprinkles not fall off yeah in removing marion's heart which is kind of a way that they've managed to get around her now dying from being frozen until they figure out how to thaw her i kind of had a theory not even a theory just a thought um about something that could happen in the season like in the future season in that Emma's heart cannot be removed from her body, to our knowledge. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing if it can't be removed for evil, it also can't be removed for good purposes. That's never been touched on since the episode Queen of Hearts in season two. But to me, that's, you know, knowledge. We know that Emma's heart can't be taken. Um, so I was just thinking how unfortunate it would be. <laughs> If Emma were to get frozen in some way by the Snow Queen, because they wouldn't be able to preserve her. And that could just, it could open a bunch of doors for acts of true love and for some shippers' hearts to just be warmed. Doll. Well, maybe it can't be frozen either. So Emma would be immune to Elsa and Snow Queen's magic. The the freezing thing with Marion, though, didn't seem to actually involve her heart at all. No. It just hadn't reached her heart yet. That's what Regina pointed out. So maybe Emma just can't be frozen, do you mean? Maybe. Oh, or she can be frozen, but her heart's still good? <laughs> she just won't die. She'll just be like that forever. I sincerely hope they don't keep freezing people because that would get a little old, especially since, well... In the final stages of freezing, one appears rather CG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the urn is really, really old, too. And not frozen. And has a warning label on it. It's true. Dangerous urn. <laughs> that label actually is in Elder Futhark, which is a, a style of runes. And the, the a symbols... A real one? Yes. Oh. I'll go with that. The symbols translate to water or lake, ice, and ulcer, or torch. It's probably torch. Probably torch. So I'm guessing it's something like lake of fire or 
uh, lake of ice or maybe it's something like for water ice fire a combination or they just chose these symbols because they look interesting and one of them has ice in it oh it is real actually Mm -hmm. Hmm. we have a screenshot yes Yes, there will be a screenshot in the show notes, oncepodcast.com slash 161. Do you mean to tell me that they do not mean dangerous urn? <laughs> no, it also doesn't mean made in China, too. That's really disappointing. But the urn was in Arendelle. Yes. All this time, it's been there in Arendelle. And all this time with Snow Queen inside of it. Maybe. Or, well, however much all this time is, that is. As long as she's been in it, it's been there in Arendelle. Which is something that makes me think that it was Elsa's mother who either directly put Snow Queen in there or had her put in there. Because you keep your friends close, but you keep your enemies closer. This thing is in Arendelle, not far from the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Or basically inside the kingdom. I see what you're saying. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes me also wonder, and the chat room is picking up on this right now too, is what does this tie, or how does this tie in with that message in the bottle that Elsa's mother sent on the sinking ship? It could be something like, there's this urn in the kingdom, don't open it, or there's this urn in the kingdom, go open it, or Mm. it could be all kinds of things. But I think that maybe that note is connected with the urn somehow. And whatever that note says is what Snow Queen made Elsa forget. Hmm. I don't know. Because Elsa's mom said they have to know. So what is it they have to know? It's it's something having to do with her magic. That's for sure. So now they know. <laughs> and then Snow Queen said, let it go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. exactly. If there's a missing glove somewhere, then we'll know. Yeah, speaking of gloves and Elsa's general attire, is that dress really appropriate for multiple trips to the woods in multiple times and multiple lands? Yeah, true. They love putting everybody else in different costumes from what they are in the (laughs) Disney movies, but Elsa, no. The blue dress everywhere. It must be Elsa all the time. They did change her hair, though. They did change her hair so that people wouldn't get confused. Well, they changed it to, like how it was in the frozen movie before she let it go right (laughs) yeah she's got the let it go hair now and she's got the older hair in the past because they were flipping back and forth between scenes of her trudging through the forest with one man or another on some sort of a trek and they had to differentiate that since they weren't going to change the dress by no means were they going to change that dress so they changed her hair I guess they want us to know, this is Elsa, this is Elsa, this is Elsa for a little while before they change anything. (laughs) All right, hey, look at Hook. He still wears his stuff. He still pays with doubloons, and yet he carries around (laughs) a cell phone with an Emma button on it. (laughs) That was so funny. So funny. At first, I thought he was going to try and take a picture of the Snow Queen, like a a backward selfie, but of the Snow Queen... (laughs) Because uh, that's generally the only time I take out my cell phone is to take picture. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a device for talking. Uh, right. That thing that the Snow Queen was making in the forest. Was did she you making notice? it or looking at it? Well, I think she probably made it. It looked like a mini. Well, she probably made it, but I feel like she was just out there sort of observing it it was like a mini ice palace was it not yes it's like her dream home which makes me wonder is that what she's wanting to do she wants to turn storybrook into her own kingdom into her own ice palace Mm. maybe she feels slighted that her sister married into royalty or was first in line bloodline of royalty something like that And she feels slighted by that, just like Hans, being the 13th brother. He's the last in line. And the unlucky one. Yeah. So maybe she's kind of looking at her plans for Storybrooke, and we might see Storybrooke. Instead of getting vines all over it, we might see Storybrooke all frozen over. (laughs) Maybe. Did she not imply in the past that she's built an ice castle before? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So just keeping that observation open. <laughs> she makes it sound like it's just a thing they do. Yeah. And Elsa built hers rather quickly. So I feel like if Snow Queen wanted one, she could kind of just sing a song. Whip and... one up. <laughs> right. Stomp her foot and down. And at the same time, bring a snowman to life. Right. Nice little Olaf <laughs> reference there in the episode. How about Will Scarlet? Let's talk about him for a little bit. Yes. He's awfully forthcoming with his name. Yeah. Well, Emma can tell when anyone is lying. Right. He said that he knows something that can actually help and that he won't tell them. So his whole thing about taking them to the ice cream shop, it seems that's not the thing that he knows. Uh, What do you mean he won't tell them? Well, he's told them that he knows something that can help. Uh He heard that Marion was in trouble and he knew something that can help. And they asked him and he basically said, no, not telling. And then he proceeded then to tell them about Snow Queen and the ice cream parlor. So I don't think that was the thing that he knows. I think he knows something else, maybe. Maybe. I don't know what. But there is this big issue of how did he get to Storybrooke? How? Yeah. And why? And why is he a cad? Why is he not living happily ever after with Anna? Anna, Anna, Anastasia in Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah, So in case you didn't watch Once Upon a Time on Wonderland, here's a very, very, very brief synopsis. Go listen to wonderlandpodcast.com. Here's another (laughs) slightly more extended synopsis of it. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland happens after Mad Hatter, after uh, the Red Queen, after Korra, kind of after Korra, all of this stuff. And it's Will. He's the knave of hearts. And his love interest is Anastasia. She's the Red Queen and the villain for a while in the season. And there's Jafar. They're trying to get this genie lamp so that they can change the laws of magic and actually bring people back from the dead. So they do actually bring Anastasia back from the dead. So she and Will ended up having their happy ever after there in Wonderland where anything can happen. There's this white rabbit that can just cut a portal anywhere he can dig a hole that goes to any land he's a realm jumper and he can go to storybrook he can go to wonderland he can go to the enchanted forest he can go anywhere and he doesn't need a fancy hat yeah. yes but he can and wear one so i'm guessing the rabbit brought will to storybrook but why would will be yeah. in storybrook alone something bad must have happened to anastasia and maybe that explains why he's a thief again I'm so excited. I was so excited to see him. Like, I knew he was coming, but he's been in the credits since the beginning and we hadn't seen him. But yeah, I, I want to know what happened to their happy ending because it's kind of ruining the end of Wonderland for me if he does not live happily ever after with Anastasia. Anastasia's a magical blonde, so maybe she's connected to this whole thing. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and, well, her name doesn't start with E. <laughs> so they don't have that. Right. Anna, Emma, Elsa. It still works. and with i'd known for a while that uh, michael Sacco was coming to once upon a time and i'm surprised that his name has been in the credits in every episode up until now and we finally see him and it's this brief two scenes with him and that's it i think he'll probably play a bigger part in episodes to come and i know uh, earlier, I saw in our chat room while we we're doing this live on Wednesday night, I saw that several others are really excited to see him. And it is really cool to see him because he was a lot of fun in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, as well as I think he'll be a lot of fun here in our world. He has the best one liners and he does them in like a Cockney British accent. So it's just the best thing you could add to a television show. Mm-hmm. He was everybody's favorite from that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people watched Once Upon a Time in Wonderland because of him. Right. And unfortunately, I actually never heard of him before. it, But I'd never heard of many of these actors before I actually saw these shows. But we get to know them. We get to love them. We get to talk to them in a podcast, maybe? Mm, maybe. Maybe. Stay tuned. That's why I keep saying don't unsubscribe from wonderlandpodcast.com. <laughs> We're working on things there. So we'll tell you when to unsubscribe if you're subscribed. Do you guys think that the writers feel any obligation to tell us why Will is not living happily ever after in Wonderland since it's a totally Uh, different show? If they don't now, they will. 
I think they do a little bit. For those who did watch both shows, they'll explain it. But I think that they would explain it in a way that you don't have to have watched Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. But if you did, then you'll know the rest of the story. Correct. Because it's totally possible for them to do that. For the people who didn't watch Wonderland, this is just, oh, here's another character named Will Scarlet. He used to be one of the Merry Men. Okay. That lines up with fairy tales. That lines up with the Robin Hood stories. Mm -hmm. And maybe not this season or this half season, but they could potentially at some point, for one reason or another, do some flashbacks that take place in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. That could be cool. With some of the cast, even, possibly. Because they didn't even... Like, we know that he's the Knave of Hearts, but nobody else, nobody who did Mm -hmm. not watch Wonderland would even know that from this episode, except for my big, like, exclamation at the beginning of the podcast. Right. I'm excited. Exciting storyline. Good job, Adam and Eddie. The last thing to talk about that I have that stood out to me is Emma and Hook. I think that, yeah, Emma finally said it, what we've kind of pointed out and fans have pointed out for a while is that every guy Emma is with ends up dying. Emma, you're bad luck. There are toxic relationships and there are deadly relationships. No, I'm kidding. While worried about the men in her life dying, they decide to make out in the middle of the street because this time she wants to go at the same time. Well, she said Graham and Graham was an item, a, a love interest in her life for what seemed like just a couple minutes it's like ironically he kissed me for the first time right over there yeah (laughs) that's true (laughs) i think though what she's forgetting and i hope she realizes that with all of those men that she loved in her life she didn't actually know the truth about any of them when she loved them Hmm. so and that's actually what put them they were in danger because of who they were she she has the whole picture now of hook like she knows everything he's done and, you know, she knows who she is. And, and that's kind of the difference. Like with Graham, he was just remembering who he was. She didn't know who he was. She didn't know she was the savior with Neil. Again, like she was totally clueless. And, well, she was a flying monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. And Hook isn't only not a fake, but he's also trying to overcome his past. And he mentioned that here in this episode. Yeah. Okay. So one more thing I wanted to mention uh, was the ice cream shop. I liked the name of the ice cream shop, Any Given Sunday, just seeing as that Once Upon a Time is on on Sundays. Um, (laughs) And they could have picked any, you know, ice cream reference. And that's what they picked. So I thought that that was cute if that's why they picked it or even if it's not. But also, did you guys notice how many mirrors there were on the walls of the ice cream shop? Yeah, that was a bit odd. It reminded me just of Snow Queen, uh, because the whole fairy tale is that this mirror shatters up in heaven and the pieces kind of fall down like snow and make people see the worst in other people. But it also reminded me of Regina. She always uses mirrors as well. And is doing so again. Yeah. It also made me think of Wonderland, because that's how people can get to wonderland and then this was also the episode where the name of hearts was introduced so i don't know if it was a throat like a a reference to any of those things but Hmm. it's funny that she has the mirrors especially if she is the you know traditional snow queen from that fairy tale it does make me wonder if maybe she can see through them like regina can Hmm. in some way or if she just likes mirrors (laughs) but i like all those connections I'd forgotten about the one with Wonderland and then with Michael Saka coming into this episode. Why is her kitchen completely frozen over? Can I mean, she seems to have pretty good control over her powers. Because why freeze just one little room when the cold <laughs> doesn't bother you anyway? <laughs> well, okay. Maybe she's just more comfortable being cold. Like Elsa, the cold doesn't bother Elsa, but even Rumpel's statement at the end of the episode, like bundle up, it's getting frosty. She doesn't seem to care that it's cold. Or is that a hint that she could be losing some of her magic power? Maybe Emma somehow neutralizes the Snow Queen's powers in some way. That would be good if she does, if she can. If she remembers. Oh, man. (laughs) 
Well, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time, especially to see like where they go with Michael Saka's character, his story, and this new twist that we have. And I still am really excited about learning who the author of the book is. <laughs> and that's something that, based on how much they're covering it so far, I have a feeling that's something that's going to last a while. Because we've had just a hint in one episode, a hint in another episode. They've not spent much time on that. Or maybe we'll get a full episode about that, and that might end up being my new favorite episode. (laughs) (laughs) These are all possible things. Or they could stretch it out over the entire season and multiple other story arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, do we have any confirmed knowledge of if they're doing the 11-episode split this year? I believe that they are. Again, I know that last year although they said they were doing 11 straight episodes they did take one break which was i think right around thanksgiving and it ended up being nice Mm. uh, to have that break there like they did uh so i i can't remember at the moment what they've said about that but i know that they did have a lot of success with Mm -hmm. doing that last year it really helped them last year to keep it consistent like that so they'll i would imagine they'll be doing that again and we don't have a season end date but do start keeping in mind it's probably going to be mother's day weekend but keep in mind that we will be having a party a season finale party in the greater cincinnati area so it may be trying to keep mother's day weekend open if you can it's a little hard to have a party on that day i know but we'll be planning to do something cool over there And speaking of cool over here, some people who their act of true love has warmed our hearts. Daniel in England from the United Kingdom, Ellie828 from Canada, and S. Gilbert75 from the United States. Thank you for your kind reviews in iTunes. They encourage us, they warm our hearts, and they help other people find the podcast too. In fact, Daniel in England said this, the best Once Upon a Time podcast available Great conversations, great people, great quality. If you're a fan of Once Upon a Time, you must subscribe. (laughs) Thank you, Daniel, and also to Ellie and uh, S. Gilbert. If you haven't left a review yet, please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes, or if you use Stitcher, then go to oncepodcast.com slash Stitcher. The podcast is also available on all of the other popular podcast apps and directories out there, and so you can find it wherever fine podcasts are available for download. This does conclude our podcast discussion of this episode, Rocky Road, but you can continue the discussion in two different places. One is go over to the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums and start your own conversations over there, participate in the conversations already going on, or comment on the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 161. You'll be hearing some spoilers in just a little bit from Jacqueline and Hunter, and they might tell us something. I'm always sometimes a little nervous about the spoilers because people might stick around to hear the spoilers. I Uh don't hear them. I stay spoiler free. But then it's often very likely that Hunter and Jacqueline talk about something that completely smashes whatever theory I was extremely passionate about. That's true. You know, spoilers are like smoking. Some people stick around in the back and they they listen to spoilers, but we don't. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have that in just a moment as well. But we would love to connect with you and send us your feedback on each episode of Once Upon a Time, your theories. And as a general guideline, if you email us, put the title of the episode in the subject line of your email and send it to feedback at oncepodcast.com. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 903 two three one two 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 one or send a voice message through the website oncepodcast.com on your computer or ios device please connect with us on twitter at oncepodcast and i'm daniel j lewis on twitter at the ramen noodle i'm jeremy laughlin on twitter at fleegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n and i'm aaron and i'm on twitter at aaron j cruz We couldn't do this podcast without our kind contributors, donors, and our team of volunteers helping us with behind-the-scenes things. Special thanks to Corbin for sorting our feedback, Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers, Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Jacob helping with screenshots, Keb managing our timeline, Alias Scape and Aaron Jay for moderating the chat room, and Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline hosting this podcast and you being part of this great community. Until next time, remember, being a pirate is not necessarily a bad thing. 
particularly a charming one like myself. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be a donator and help make the podcast possible and help keep it going, then please consider going to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Oncers. I'm Hunter Hathaway. And I'm Jacqueline. And it's spoiler time for Once Podcast. So we've got episode 404. Now, it's called The Apprentice on Everything Official, but I did see on the ABC Media site, they're calling it The Sorcerer's Apprentice. At least the word apprentice is in there. Right. It's the only thing I've ever seen that says sorcerers. Yeah. After Emma asks Hook out on a real first date, Hook visits Mr. Gold and asks for his hand to be reattached so that he can embrace her with both hands. But magic always comes with a price. Henry and Mary Margaret try to offer hope to Regina when she becomes frustrated over not being able to find a cure to save a frozen Marion. And Will Scarlet attempts to break into the Storybrooke Library to find a special book. Meanwhile, back in the fairy tale land that was, Rumpelstiltskin is after a magical box that the Sorcerer's Apprentice is guarding, and he may use Elsa's sister Anna to help him get it. Now, we do have a couple guest stars in this one. We've got Timothy Weber as The Apprentice, Brad Dorf as Zoso, Catherine Bogdanova as Spaghetti Lady. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I've been laughing at that all week. <laughs> Gary Garneau as Spaghetti Man, and Emmanuel Frappas as Bartender. There you go. Yep, and this one's written by Andrew Chambliss and Dana Horgan and directed by Ralph Hemlicker. And Dana Horgan is a new writer, and I don't believe she's come over from Wonderland, so she is brand new. Yeah, I don't remember saying that name, so. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we did get a promo, but it pretty much just showed us everything that I just said. Yeah, it's really focusing on two things. It focuses on the Hook and Emma date, and then it focuses on Rumpel and Anna in the past. And lots of deals are being made. Yeah, lots of deals, obviously. So then we had some photos. And once again, it's really focusing on two things, which is the date between Hook and Emma. And then there are quite a number of pictures between Anna and Kristoff. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's before she leaves Arendelle or if she's back in Arendelle. Just looking at the pictures, you really can't tell. I think it's from right before she leaves for her trip. That's kind of what I think, too. And Sven is there. Yes, Sven is there. But for the date, we do see that Hook is in not his pirate clothes. Right. Brand new outfit. Brand new outfit. And Emma's got on a really pretty dress. I really like it. Yes, she has on a very girly dress. They're in the apartment, Mary Margaret and Charming's apartment. And Elsa is there as well. And everybody has apparently come to see them off. Yes, and they all look really happy, and their mouths... It, one of the photos, it looks like their mouths drop when Emma walks into the room. Yeah, and Snow's yes. got a camera, so I'm guessing there's going to be some pictures taken. And we do see Hook with his hand. Yes, he's giving Emma a rose. And then we did find out a couple other things about this episode from interviews, that Will Scarlet is somehow wherever this date is taking place, and he drops a drink on Emma. And yeah. we know that Charming and Snow plan on waiting up until Emma comes home from her date, being protective parents. Yeah. It also sounds like Hook is going to go to Rumple, of course, to get his hand back. And we have some photos of that, of his hand in a jar. And I guess it's going to be reattached. But it also sounds like Rumple maybe put some sort of curse on the hand to make it act up or something. I don't think Rumpel's just going to let Hook get away with this. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's not very much like him. Right. But that's all we have for this next episode. So I think it's pretty much going to be really good, and it's going to be mainly focused around the date. Yeah, I think it's going to be an episode that isn't so much focused on finding 
what happened to Anna and what's going on with the Snow Queen. I think it's a bit of a lighter episode. Yes. So moving on, I found an interview up with Elizabeth Mitchell, the Snow Queen, and they asked her if they could give them any information on the connection that she appears to have with Emma. And she says, I know that everyone thinks it might be negative, so Emma must think that. I can say it's surprising, but I can't really say much because it's so much a part of the whole thing. So that's kind of interesting to me. Right. I think it's going to be a bit more positive just based on how the Snow Queen reacted when she saw Emma. I'm still going with Foster Mother. Yeah. But then how was she in the urn? I don't... Well, she was in the urn before the curse. Because that is at least (laughs) 30-some years before the curse. So my bigger question is, if it's true that she's Emma's foster mother, how did she get to our world? Right, because they couldn't leave Storybrooke. Unless Emma did live in Storybrooke and just doesn't have memories of it. That would probably retcon half of the show. So I'm going to go with no. (laughs) Okay. Well, this past weekend was also Comic-Con, and we did find out some interesting information from that. Did you want to talk about that? Sure. So most of the stuff from New York Comic-Con was actually about last week's episode. They screened it, and then they talked about it a little bit. Um, But the one thing that did come out that stood out is that they confirmed that the book writer is not August. And yes. that that was a pretty big theory back in the day. And it's not August, definitely not him. And I know Daniel mentioned this in the podcast tonight, wondering if the book story was going to take place over the entire 22 episodes. And it is. It's a, it's a story that's going to go right until the end. So we're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> Yeah, and that, but that's also good because it'll tie both halves of the season together instead of like last season where if you didn't watch half of it, it was kind of like, okay, it's a completely new story now. Right. Okay, we did get some also surprising news from Sarah Blogger, who plays Princess Aurora. She will be back coming in episode seven. Yes, and she's going to be back for at least one more after that. Um, when she gave the interview to TV line. She said she was on her way back to film and we think it's probably episode nine. So definitely in episode seven, possibly episode nine or 10. And it'll be both flashbacks and in Storybrooke. So this will be the first time to see her there. Yes. Which makes sense given that we're also getting Maleficent in the second half. Yes. And there is no word about Prince Philip or Mulan. Right. Uh, Speaking of interviews, there was an interview with Robert Carlyle where he basically spoiled the hat. So the hat sucks people inside along with their magic. It's not just sucking magic. It actually sucks people in. So interesting. I'm betting we're going to be seeing more of that this episode, given that it's called the Sorcerer's Apprentice or maybe just the Apprentice. Yes. <laughs> and in one of the promotional photos, Anna is holding that little hat stand thingy that Rumple had back in the season premiere. Yes. So, and we do have one final tidbit for you guys. We did get a new episode title. Episode 409 is called Fall, and it's written by Jane Epsonson and directed by Mario Van Peebles. So we only have two episodes for this half of the season to get titles for. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yes. Well, yep. Well, that's all we have for you this week. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. Until next time, Oncers.